Hi, welcome to Resonate at the Reconnected. This is our very first podcast that we're putting out. One day we'll probably have one of those cute little jingles at the beginning. (laughs) Um, My name is Emma and this is Eleanor and, yeah, we're going to get straight into it. For this first episode, we have a very special topic. So the Resonate podcast is all about sharing stories that resonate heart to heart. And so our first episode is going to be me and interviewing Emma. about the birth of the Miracle Twins, Phaedra and Halo. And this is a story that a lot of people have been really wanting to hear. They truly are. I've been getting messages all day in my inbox, every day, desperate to hear. And I think the thing that was unique about, um, uh, about this birth story, Emma, is that you didn't know you were expecting twins. (laughs) <laughs> and you free birthed at home surrounded by your family yep. and boss moved the most incredible birth with those two beautiful souls but they also have a really incredible conception story like right from when they came in you know they arrived at a really remarkable time so i yeah. felt like maybe we might start talking about it from there yeah, let's start from the beginning. So I really didn't think we were going to have any more children. We felt pretty done. Mm. And uh, Bloom was going to be five in October. And um, we, that didn't plan. All of a sudden <laughs> there was a new soul in the arena. So we thought just one. And right at the time that I found out, I thought to myself, okay, because, you know, when you have like a kind of surprise pregnancy and it's like you go through all the checklists in your mind of like, okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, we're pretty sorted. It's okay. You know, we've got the house, the, the work's doing really well, the kids are sorted, everything's great. We can do this. We can do this. And then the same week that we found out, like within a couple of days, I woke up. I hadn't told Eleanor yet. I was like, kind of just like simmering we on were, it. We were mid-launch. Yeah. We, we were, were right in the middle of launching the Reconnected Parenting Program. And I think yeah. if you had have told me or maybe if you had have let it sit, yeah, like, it would have become been. something, would have <laughs> potentially <laughs> thrown everything for a totally. few days. No, I knew. I knew to keep it to myself. And we also weren't ready to tell the kids. So we just kind of were simmering on it ourselves. Mm. And I had this really strong sense of this female spirit, Phaedra. I just, she was so um, available. Like I just really felt this Phaedra presence. Anyway, um, within a couple of days of finding out, I wake up around, there was like really crazy rains where we live. Uh, Yeah, I live about an hour away from Eleanor, but we live just over the ridge from each other. So um, quite close in physical proximity, but um, an hour to drive to. And we were having rain for days and days and days. And I actually was driving up my road. I live up in the rainforest. So we've got a bit of a rocky road. And I sent this message to (laughs) Eleanor of this picture. There was one giant rock that had fallen over the road. 
Mm. And I was like, I just sent it to you. I don't even know why I sent it. I was just like, look, like yes. this is, you know, it's been raining. It's intense. <laughs> it's gotten know. this bad. It's, it's gotten, gotten this bad. bad. <laughs> There's this one rock on the road that I could drive around and completely avoid. <laughs> and then um, as the rains were like picking up and we were right in launch mode and we were launching Reconnected Parenting and I'm sitting on this information that I'm pregnant and, oh, my God, life's going to change again. Mm. Um, then I woke up late in the evening, one evening, and I said to Eleanor, we heard a really crazy sound. And I sent a message to Eleanor because it was the close of carton night, like the next day was going to be the close of carton. I said, look, I think something's just happened, possibly a landslide, possibly something I'm probably going to lose power. And -hmm. pretty much as I said that, power was cut, no power. But it was about 2 a.m. in the morning, so we didn't really have much to do. We were just chilling. And then I woke up the next morning and I, Sol had like a toothache or something. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I was ready. I was like, I need to get off the mountain. It's been raining for days. I know that there's possibly like a bit of flooded area, but we should be all good. I get to go in the car. I drive out of my driveway. Mind you, I live in like the rainforest that neighbors don't really see each other because everyone lives behind fences and and kind of large acreage property property and I drive out and my neighbors are all st- st- standing there and they're like uh what are you doing and I was like I'm going downtown and they were like uh you're not going anywhere we've literally just lost the side of the mountain that we drive up and down has fallen over and the SES which is the emergency crew are saying we may not get you out for a couple of months. <laughs> like it was, I, when Crazy. I looked to the left, the mountain had fallen over. When I looked to the right, the whole road, it was like a giant um, earthquake had gone through. The whole road was completely catatonically. It was just basically our house, the next door neighbor's house road was like semi-normal. It was catastrophic. So I'm like, oh, my goodness, I've just found out I'm pregnant. I'm possibly trapped up in the mountain for three months with no food. You know what? I just did a little bit of searching and I have the message from you. You said, I think we might have a landslide out the front of ours. There's the sound of trees falling and I woke up with a fever. I'm not sure if you remember that. I know. Oh, it's all such a blur. So then I'm like, oh my goodness. And we literally were trapped there. So we were only trapped there for around seven to eight days. Mm. We told the kids though about the pregnancy in that time because we were trapped at home with nothing. We were doing, you know, like we were bare minimum. We were (laughs) foraging basically for food. (laughs) It's just really chaos. I've just realized we've gotten to the point where we can laugh about this. No, truly we can really laugh about it because I'm on the other side. and. And it was nothing as catastrophic as it, you know, could have been in the sense of, yes, we did have to leave our house. Yes, we were homeless. Yes, all the things were intense. But, you know, by the grace of all that is, 
we landed at Surprise Twins. So I basically moved through my pregnancy. I get really sick after the landslides. And I think because we had to forage water, like we had to get the water out of the tank, not going through any filtration system. We don't usually drink the tank water. It's not very safe. Um, You know, there was nothing. There was no food. There was no water or anything. So we were just siphoning the water out and I got extremely sick like to the point where I felt like I was going to die like I was like death would be the easier option in this moment and so I went to the hospital which is not something that I would usually do it generally takes me to get to death's door to like show up to emergency yeah that's and right. that's when Ryan knew oh she's really not well and we really thought it was like a stomach bug so I go to the hospital and they can't do anything and there's actually so many people in there being really sick because sick. the water was so polluted everyone was really ill you know like it was gastro everywhere so I just really like choked it up to being that but I stayed sick for weeks I was so sick I was vomiting all the time I was like beside myself we were homeless living at a friend's place like it was really just the craziest time it was really intense it was just really intense Mm -hmm. and then The energy just kind of shifted, nothing in particular. We were able to come home, but we had to do epic amounts of cleaning, bring it back. Demolding. Yeah, demolding, bring it back from the nature that had moved inside. You know, Mm. you leave your house for 24 hours in the rainforest and the rainforest takes over. So it was just generally kind of months of cleaning and excavating and doing all this stuff. And I really just felt this spirit Phaedra. I just felt that there was possibly a girl... But there was no real discussion around going to a midwife or anything. We hadn't really, nothing had landed even talking about the pregnancy and the birth because we were just coming out of this really epic experience of having a proper natural disaster, being made homeless, just the kind of shock. We climbed out of the landslides with the kids. You know, they couldn't bring anything but a backpack. Like it was just really the most, it takes months in that situation to just to kind of find your feet again. Yeah. And to come out of survival. Yeah. I mean, to ask, I remember um, sometimes you saying when people would ask you, what are you where are you going to give birth? Is, yeah. is, is your midwife going to be there? It yeah. was like blank faced. Yeah. It was just you know, like, like, oh, I'm just so couldn't not. even go there to think or plan no. about it. Mm. No, I was so not. And also I had given my other three, I've had only home births, but my other three had the same midwife, mm. same two midwives actually. And they live in the Blue Mountains, which is about mm, 10 hours away from us. Mm. So this whole area was really in absolute chaos. Like there was something around about 50 to 100,000 people made homeless. Like it was just really, there was no time for planning things. Like, you know, it was just really crazy. And it was far enough away. It was like a period of time where when you're in survival, you really just focus on the next thing that needs to be done and the next thing that needs to be done. And it was way off in the future way off in birth yeah and I'm guessing that you had already from having three beautiful home births um a a sense of trust in the process of birth and knowing that you could make the decisions absolutely yeah and also I have the benefit of being very close to birth workers some of my best friends are birth workers free birth workers so it's kind of around me and and I definitely do have a lot of trust in birth because of my um, three good home births. So yeah, it just wasn't at the forefront of my mind, but I was just really connecting to this spirit. And it's so funny looking back because 
I could feel this spirit Phaedra and I was like, okay, there's this girl and it's Phaedra, but I didn't want to say girl all the time, even though the kids were like, it's a girl, it's a girl, it's a girl. Because, you know, I was like, oh, you know, they come out a boy. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want them to have that birth imprint (laughs) anyway. But I kept saying, and I kept tuning into this secretiveness. I was like, this baby's really secretive. But like, it doesn't even want me to talk to people about like pregnancy and birth. And like you didn't want this, to talk about it. I didn't right? talk about it to anyone. I was really just in my own world, communicating with what I thought was one baby, feeling this real sense of reverence around the secrecy that it wanted. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I felt, um, I felt the sick because I'm not very secretive. Like I, you know, I'm quite open, but I just felt this real level of secretive and protection come in. Protectiveness. Yeah. Protectiveness. Mm. And this sense of like, my baby doesn't really want me to talk about the birth or talk about anything. And I, I felt really, it felt really out of alignment to create a new relationship with a new midwife or a new birth worker and talk about birth, which I'd already been through. I don't need to discuss Mm. all the things like it just felt really out of alignment. So I didn't follow it or, and I was so busy and we were working. And even though I went through those really hard first months, which I can now see was probably birth, you know, having um, morning sickness from conceiving twins. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even though I thought I was dying from water. Um, I actually ended up having a really vibrant pregnancy. I felt really vital. I went and did my level two Kundalini yoga training. I did lots of stuff. Like I was really quite active, quite in it. I, you know, uh, we launched. Super creative right up into. Super creative. Yeah. Yeah. Holding a team, we ended up hiring, you know, like six five new people. people. Yeah, five, year. five yeah. six. Um, and, you know, just was really kind of really there and really going. So what part am I up, I'm up to? <laughs> You're up to, well, you know what I'm really curious about while you were speaking is that one of the things that jumped out at me was your intuitive sense was, um, you had this relationship with your midwives who supported you through the three other births, but you had yeah. a strong sense that it didn't feel right to just establish a new relationship. And so I'm just curious about whether it was a conscious decision to free birth or whether you were um, kind of on the fence or if you thought about having that, having your other midwives, but whether that's even possible or kind of what the yeah, process was I like think- for you. I didn't whether there ha- was too much going on. There was too much going it. on. And also uh, one of my dearest friends, Amy Lou, is an incredible free birth uh, doula. Mm. So I just kind of was always in conversation with her and, and leaning in on her trust frequency, having to have a conversation about it. Like I can just listening to her be at people's births and stuff, like just real trust and real um you know, it's just such a nice energy to be around as a pregnant person because mm. it's, you know, that's what we really want. And so it wasn't necessarily like a really conscious decision except for Ryan and I just never kind of discussed going to anyone or involving anyone. And then once it kind of got to around like seven months, Ryan was like, cool, we're doing this on our own, aren't we? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And Mm. he was just really available for it. He's like, yep, I totally trust birth. I feel really confident. Um, I, we can do it. And that was pretty much the conversation that we had. Mm. Um, Because again, I was really secretive. 
like and not consciously secretive not like trying to squirrel away and not being open and about how I feel I just felt really reverent to this energy that didn't want me to be Mm. talking about it a lot and and Mm. wanted me to stay really safe in my container it's interesting because I mean there's a principle energetic principle of like um when you're in a creative process, if you speak about it too soon, you can scatter the energy. I felt that so much. Yeah. Mm. And Mm. in hindsight, you know, when you look at what occurred, imagine if I had, you know, because the very unfortunate reality of twin birth is that it generally isn't allowed to be natural anymore. Mm. Um, There's a lot of resistance when you're up against the system. They really control you. It's really hard to fight for a natural birth. It's hard to keep the twins together after they've been born. They separate them. That's been a real, um, a really big awakening for me in the sense post their birth because um, it was kind of like a world I wasn't expected to be thrown into being a parent of twins. And Mm -hmm. I just, I can see their Scorpio energy. They were born Scorpio. I can really see the, um, the dark side of the light that they really brought and how um, Mm -hmm. very blessed we are to have the experience that we had. So we were right in launch and I thought I, I had calculated that I was going to be giving birth around about the 16th of October. Yeah. So, and that felt pretty aligned, right? Like it felt pretty right. But there is a real core theme in my family of kids being born on the same day. I'm born on the same day as my brother. I've got, uh, my mom is one of five and all of her siblings have kids born on the same day. It's just like a real theme. My brother has kids born on the same day. So everyone had kind of just projected this baby's going to be born on Bloom's birthday, which was the 28th of October. And I had kind of calculated that, yeah, I'd be about 42 weeks. It would be fine. It's all good. Then we were launching in in October. Wait, I was o- going to say, wow, we really cut it fine. We planned to launch for the beginning of October. Yeah. Yeah. But we kind of knew we were going to be set up and it would all be fine. Yep. And you were re- willing to just step in. It was in amazing. And, take over. And, it, and it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it felt so good. It, worked out way better because and your energy was impeccable so we went into launch and then you know with that means then we run reconnected parenting for for six weeks yeah. after that so and that we was teach gonna go live. into november yeah yeah and so we just continued trucking along remember in september i was like i am having so much primordial labor my body is warming up so much like it was really intense like my body was really going through the motions my hips were constantly sore my sacral i was going to a cranial sacral osteo so funny because a couple of times i said imagine if it was twins like it just feels i just feel so big mm-hmm. and he was like you'd know by now it's not twins. <laughs> so you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. Um, no, but you know, they feel too, because I kept getting everyone to feel, I was like, can you feel my belly? Like do some mapping. What do you think? And my friends were like, mm, I can't feel too, but I can mm. feel a lot, but like, you know, no one could pinpoint it. And, um, and I didn't feel more than two movements. There was only ever one hiccup at a time, or there was only ever um, one kind of 
foot movement, which now it's funny when you see them, they hiccup at exactly the same time. So obviously that oh, probably they was. In sync. Yeah, they they sync up all the time. Like they sync up on the outside world. So they must have been doing it on the inner as well. Yeah, sync. And so we're launching and I, the only thing is that I'm feeling really vital. I'm feeling really good energy wise, which I was really surprised about because I thought, shouldn't I be getting smashed in the third trimester? You were on fire. I was on fire. I felt so good. And um, the only thing is, is that I felt physically a little bit um, incapacitated. So I spent a lot of time resting and it was difficult to kind of sit for a long period of time had to kind of move around and at night I was just peeing constantly. It was just completely insane. And after Um, the launch, you were like, that's it. I'm giving birth any day. Yeah. I'm just in the rest mode now. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to give birth any day. It's going to be, you know, easy. And then time just kept going by and everyone had been giving me like their well wishes, like, you know, it was like a month. Presents. We did an online um, blessing wave sort yeah. online and there was a beautiful big wave of like beautiful blessings and this is like <laughs> weeks before the babies came. No, I know. And then just continue on and then I go past the due date, which I was like, okay, that's expected. I, I can feel that. And then um, it got, I was like prepping for Bloom's birthday and I was like, okay, I've got to get everything ready so that I, because I know I'm probably going to go into labor on Bloom's birthday. So I'd like sorted it all out had all the presents ready the night before we got all the presents out because I was like I don't want her to wake up I'm in labor her birthday gets completely like you know missed and and there you go there's the start of their relationship um so we got everything ready and then Bloom's birthday came we had Bloom's birthday the whole day had this like kind of weird feeling to it and even the kids could feel it of like the baby's coming any moment now like any moment and then the baby didn't come And that's when I started to get really uncomfortable physically. Like I just at night just rolling back and forth was just like so intense. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, like this is like the final stretch. But never at any time did I feel anxious about um, going over or anything like that because I really truly believe and trust that a baby comes when they're ready. I just know that wholeheartedly. I don't worry about dates or if they're never going to come, um, <laughs> even though you do feel like that in the moment. Mm-hmm. And then it was, I really felt like, you know, you go through that moment where you feel like they're going to come. So I felt like they were going to come, the baby was going to come on the 28th of October. And then over the week, you're like, okay, it could be any time now. It could be the end of November. Maybe I got the dates completely wrong. You know, it's going to be the end of November. But on the morning of, I was having primordial labor every single night. And then on the 5th of November, I woke up at about 5 o'clock in the morning and I must have been having contractions in my sleep. So I woke up and I said to Ryan, hey, I feel like we should just start getting the birth pool ready. I have a sense that it's on. And he was like, really? Like he kind of didn't, you know, really trust it because it had been months, if not Quite weeks. some time yeah. of feeling of like it was going to Feeling happen. like it was going to happen any moment. But then around six o'clock in the morning, uh, after he had got the birth pool started to go, I felt this 
bulge in my pelvis. And I leant down and I was like, oh my God, the head's there. Like, I was just like, wow, this is going to be so quick. But then when I touched it, it was the bags, it was bags of water and they exploded. And whenever, wow. which wow. I wanted because I'd never had that with the other three births, their bags didn't break until the baby was born, born? like when the baby oh. was born. So I never got that like dramatic, you know, Hollywood gush. Gush. And I was really, so you got your Hollywood, I got it. Hollywood birth, <laughs> your movie birth. Yeah, I got my movie birth. Where were um, you when the waters, when the waters broke? Just next to the pool. So we put the pool in our office, which has really big open windows so that I could see um, all the nature around us. And so when Ryan was filling up the pool, that happened. So then we were like, okay, it's definitely on. So we just kind of potted. I just kind of went into my meditative zone. Uh, Ryan just filled up the birth pool, got everything sorted. It took a while for the kids to wake up. And then when the kids woke up, they were really excited about the prospect that the baby was coming. So they were like constantly around the pool. Um, constantly asking me how much longer, even though like (laughs) labor hadn't established. (laughs) Um, And then just kind of getting set up. But then I just had my mantras on. So I just really went into my mantra playlist. I just really went into this really deep mantric zone where I was just constantly kind of chanting. And, And it really is a blur in the sense of like timeline from there because Um, Ryan was so funny and cute. He did like what the midwives do, you know, how they, um, timestamp the labor. Oh yeah. That's he timestamps, but they're so funny. They're yeah. Cause he's so Virgo. Yeah. They're so funny. It'll be like, um, you know, 7am moan. 715 <laughs> made the kids toast. 730. <laughs> it's so like succinct. It's so good. Um, and so he kind of tracked it, but um I the labor started off fine, and I don't really see labor as pain as such. I feel it's like pressure. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like riding into pressure and just being with the breath. And the more I'm with the breath, the more I can let the pressure move through my body. And I feel really comfortable in that zone. I don't know. Like it's just all my kind of previous life experience, even plant medicine, my breath work practice has really landed me in a space where I can tolerate a lot in Mm. those moments and I can just go into them and, and trust that I'm going to move through to the other side. And experience it as productive is what yeah. that sounds like. Yeah. yeah. And just, and so I felt good. But the thing that was different with this one was I was getting heaps of back labor. Mm-hmm. And I'd heard about that before. And I knew that you can have more pain or it can like feel like there's more radiating. So that was happening. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. So I was kind of in this like bit of a mental loop for a while where. I was just kind of purging all of these things that I hear midwives saying of like, you shouldn't birth on your back. You know, it's not, it doesn't help the baby, the body, you know, like just all these things. Cause mm. that was where I felt most comfortable was laying on the, in the pool on oh, my back to get the pressure. To have yeah. pressure yeah. As soon as I would do that, I would lose the, pre- the intense radiating pressure that would go up my back. Mm. And But then I was having a bit of a mental loop about it at the same time. Like I was just kind of deconstructing 
boundaries what to trust things. where yeah, the trust point the, was the authority point like mm. and uh, you know all those those kind of things that we pick up that we don't realize that we're carrying that can you know yeah. block us from really leaning into the full trust and surrender that of is your body but, yeah and you know one of the core quotes that came up in my pregnancy was um throw yourself into the abyss and trust that it's a feather bed it's a Terence McKenna quote mm. and it felt so potent to me at the time when I heard it again in my pregnancy I felt like yes I really just need to throw myself into the abyss mm. just got to go there Mm. so that was really what my my birth was like as well and that labor feeling of like I've just got to throw myself into the abyss and it means untangling all of those earworms and those things that we pick up from just from instruments and workers and you know people who project all of their stuff about you know what can look really strange in birth you know Amy yeah. Lou was telling me she sees women do the weirdest things in their labor like and she's like you just got to trust it you know yeah. because it's, it's because same. it's what their body's needing to do you know what I'm remembering I guess there's also like the intern like our own um expectations come in because um all of your other births were really quick and yeah the they were really quick yeah I remember you saying the pre-labor made gave it this feeling like when the baby comes it'll be it's really gonna quick. It's going to be really quick, yes. And, you know, this is why I don't, even though I chose to free birth and I moved into that space, I don't tell anyone that they should free birth and I feel um, it's not my place to tell anyone because what I realised when I was in the process was in my other births I naturally had this let go of um, a lot of kind of logic because there were the midwives there. So I could hand over yeah. some of my power to be like, if anything goes wrong, you guys are. They're holding that. They're holding They actually it. do hold Yeah, something. and it is their responsibility. And yeah, and they're, they're holding and their expertise. that space. Totally. Yeah. Whereas when you're free birthing, it is 100% on you and whoever mm. is in that space. So mm. it's just a completely different energy to be working with. And I would yeah. never suggest it to anyone who doesn't feel completely and utterly ready and willing to go into that space. Mm. So I was completely ready and willing and so was Ryan. So we we could hold it, but it's the very different energetic of having those midwives in the space compared to doing it on your own. So I had to kind of go through this logical process in the labor at the beginning where I was just deconstructing kind of any type of authority or need to like have someone hold it and you know like there was just this kind of process and I felt like I kept saying to Ryan I feel like the baby's stuck or something but it wasn't this panic kind of stuck it was just like there's something I need to do with my body that is going to help these like this baby move Mm. and it was laying on my back in the in the labor like it was like floating laying on my back completely wow. moving my hips in this completely bizarre way that looked like mm. so strange and what, what wasn't com- particularly opening as such but mm. obviously was doing something to help that feeling because that that was the only thing that I could feel I was just like there's I feel like we're so close but the baby isn't coming mm. you know there's something going on there little did I know there were two babies 
fighting for. Yeah, for- trying to find <laughs> a way to get out. So it sounds like it was really different from your other labors. It was so different. And I really think it's just the element of free birthing that um, was different because it was more putting me in the role mm. of all of it Mm. and not having that person to just dial in and bring. Mm. And Mm. do I regret that? No, not at all. It was absolutely perfect. But I just like to say that because it's like, you know, Mm. free birthing isn't for everyone and midwives are incredible and they have their place and birth workers are awesome. And, and if you need that, do it. You know, even in breath work, we have an energetic understanding that you don't tell people to do breath work. You wait for people to come to work on their own because then there's the readiness and the safety and the same energy. Yeah. And breath work doesn't work for people who don't come to it themselves. Totally. Yeah. And it's impossible to keep them, you know, there. So it wasn't, that it was necessarily different from the outside, but just the internal process. process. So mm-hmm. I wasn't able for the first half to really just let go and go into that really psychedelic space. I was just more logically trying to work things out. Why do I feel like this? You know, mm-hmm. like if I do this, then will that? And then I'd have yeah, yeah. <laughs> the midwife's voice in my thing being like, you shouldn't lay on your back. And I was like, <laughs> I was doing the funniest things like I'll, I, you know, when they say, oh, if you stand up, the gravity will help the baby drop. Mm. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, I've got to stand up and the baby would, the baby will drop down. And then, so I'd kind of get into this position and I'd go to like, stand up and get the baby to drop down. And then in my other mind, I'd be like, is gravity even real? Like, this doesn't even (laughs) feel right. Like, you know, there was just a whole process going on. And then I think just by being, um, allowing that to unfurl without getting panicked and just kind just of engaging it to move, in the process, just yeah. engaging in the process. Yeah. Um, that was able to move and shift. And then I went into a really, really psychedelic DMT like space. Mm-hmm. And um, Ryan was thinking, we've got hours until the baby comes because he, I was really quiet and I wasn't in that kind of raw, yeah, really zone. active space. Yeah. yeah. I had been a bit active before and my neighbor said that they could hear me in labor, but I went, I think when I went into transition, I went into that really deep space mm-hmm. and I had this vision um, that I reflected on after the labor, but I had this vision in the labor that I was walking over a light spectrum and I had two kids, one either side, but because I was not in my logical brain anymore and I was completely in that absolutely like hormoned out you know, um, psychedelic space. I didn't think anything of it. Mm. I just thought, oh, I'm walking children over a light spectrum. That makes sense. You know, <laughs> well, it does. That makes sense in my psychedelic <laughs> self. Um, and it wasn't until after they came that you know it made all the all the sense. So anyway, I'm in this really, really, really psychedelic space. And the kids are like constantly coming in, constantly leaving. They're like constantly checking. And Ryan's kind of like making toast, having the kids, um, checking on me, heating the water up, making sure I've had fluid, writing this adorable timestamp situation. And he's sitting by the pool and he's behind me. And the kids, they had set up like a lounge and stuff around the pool. It was like, you know, they were like here for holidays, (laughs) but they had gone out of the room and they were playing out. And I was completely silent and Ryan was behind me. And then all of a sudden my body, it 
I can't explain it in like logical words, but it's like mm. my body just like opened up and mm. outshot Phaedra. Like wow. full fetal ejection reflex, like totally unconscious, totally not present to it, just voom, she was out. Was Ryan and surprised? Ryan was completely shocked. He had to run around the birth pool, <laughs> scoop her up. She shot out and down. She was like, you know, floating down the bottom of the birth pool. Like, um, wow. So he went and he scooped her up and she had a short cord. So he tried to put her up on my chest, but she wouldn't reach my boob. And because we had been feeling Phaedra, the girl, we checked her and we were like, it's Phaedra it's totally Phaedra. Like, wow. wow. Everyone was like super happy. The kids came in. We were just like watching and looking. And Ryan took a video of that moment where I was holding her and the video only goes for 30 seconds. And it's mm-hmm. like Phaedra. Yay. 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 And then the video ends. And I know in that moment, I said to Ryan, Ryan, I was like, okay, I go, oh, can you take her? I can feel, I thought the placenta was going to come because I could feel like another wave of contraction. And as I moved her off me and handed him, handed her to him right there, I looked at my belly and it was fully the shape of another human in there. Like it's like my whole stomach had collapsed and I could see like the bone, like his spine, like I could see like just the shape of another human. And as I said to Ryan, uh, Ryan, I'm pretty sure there's another one in there. And as <laughs> soon as I said that, my body just opened up again. It's just like this feeling, like this real open, wow. opening up and outshot his legs and his body and torso. And I don't know what happened in that moment. We can't remember how we... <laughs> reacted (laughs) like we were like who held what baby where like he must have passed Phaedra back to me because I remember in that moment yeah he grabbed he had his hands underneath Halo's torso and I immediately said don't pull him Mm. don't pull the baby I don't think I knew it was a him I said don't pull them yeah because the head was just in me Mm. And um, as soon as I said that, my body opened again and boom, out shot his head. It was, wow. there was no logic to any of it. There was no move this way, do that. Like no. it was just fully in the moment surrender. And then he came out and because he was breech, foot, I think they call it foot limb breech. Foot limb breech. Yeah, when they come out foot. Um, he was blue and he was not really landed. He was like mm. not here yet. So my instincts just took over immediately. I grabbed him. I pulled him up. I I opened up his mouth. I sucked out whatever was in his mouth. There was like a kind of fluid. Um, I flipped him over onto his stomach and I rubbed his back. And when I started to do that, he started to cry and he started to land in his body and he started to come in here. Mm. And that was just when that whole situation is such a blur because then I was just holding two babies and I think all of us were just in so much shock. Atlas said he had to go outside, have a drink and sit down. He's like, I just needed to go have a drink and sit down. Um, what was that moment like when you and Ryan looked in each other's eyes after Halo came? <laughs> we were just shocked. Like, it's so funny. Like, I just don't even remember. 
It was like as if because Ryan had the funny part of it is Ryan had been saying, what if it's twins? What if it's twins? And he'd said to, we have a cafe, one cafe where I live, and he'd said to the girls who run the cafe, what if it's twins? And then so whenever I'd go there, everyone would be like, but what if it's twins? And so I came home one day and I said, Ryan, stop saying it's going to be twins because it's not. I can't feel two in there and it's really annoying me. There's nothing worse because already people are constantly asking pregnant people, is it twins? You know, like it's just like a constant. So it's really draining. Yeah. And then so when it happened, I think Ryan was just like, I knew it. I knew there was another one. And it's funny because we didn't have any other name other than Phaedra. But the day before they were born, I said, if it's a boy, let's put the name. I like the name Halo. I think that's Mm -hmm. a cool name. And maybe because I was struggling to find something that would go with Phaedra because we were feeling that even if it was a boy, we were going to call him Phaedra. And in my labor on my playlist, the song from Sunni I Halo came on and was playing. And Ryan in that moment thought, I wonder if it's twins. I seriously wonder if there's another one in there. And then so as soon as Halo landed and was on my chest, Ryan said, Halo, it's Halo. And that was his name. It just instantly came in. And it's so funny because that secretive feeling that I had carried this whole time was him and this secretive twin and he was hiding he was hiding (laughs) so amazing so I had the I had the feeling that we were going to do a lotus birth that's what I was going to plan to do which is where you keep the umbilical cord attached to the placenta until it naturally drops off but so I gave when did the placentas yeah so people want to know this so I gave birth to Phaedra. She came out head first, shot into the water, crying, completely pink, totally available, very ready to be here. Halo came three minutes later, footling breach, backwards, a little bit blue, took him a bit of a moment to like land. Then I was like, okay, I need to go to the bed. It was so funny because the bed that Ryan had set up for me when he knew that I was going to need to leave the pool felt like a really short distance, especially if you just have one baby. And then when I had two on my chest, a placenta in a bucket, he was like, all of a sudden that feels like so, so far, far away. So we somehow managed to get there. I'm telling you, it's all such a blur, mm-hmm. but I'm sitting there and then I start to feel the contractions. And so I say to Ryan, hold the babies. Cause I, they were just attached to me with both cords coming mm-hmm. And then I, the placenta came and it looks like it was just one placenta. It was just like a whole placenta that came. And so it was attached to the two cords and I didn't think about anything at the time because I didn't know anything about twin placentas or anything. Um, And I just thought it was one placenta. But after realizing that they were fraternal twins because they're boy and girl, they should have two separate placentas. Placentas. Mm. Yeah, so I ended up pulling them apart to check and it looks like possibly two placentas that were fused together. Together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It should make sense if the, the placenta was at the front and you couldn't feel it 
Yeah. Really? Well, you couldn't feel anything. I couldn't feel anything. And yeah. it's funny because a lot of twin moms have reached out to me since and said, I had no idea that I had to either up until they got their scan or, you know, yeah. I did, I would have never felt to, cause I never, you know, had multiple movements. So it is common for twin moms not to feel mm. both going off at the same time. But yeah, so then I birthed the placenta and we just kind of all sat there in shock and, and just <laughs> amazed. And um, that was at 3.17 in the afternoon. And I didn't, well, we didn't because Ryan did it, um, cut the placenta until around about 11 o'clock at night. Mm. So we kept them attached and I just was laying on the couch with both of them attached to me just in absolute shock we called ryan's mom first and she was so funny she said when we talked to her after she said that she just blacked out for the rest of the day she had no she can't remember anything wow processing like twins (laughs) what do you think um what do you think when you look back like I imagine it would have been so different if you had have known that you had twins. And I'm curious what you think, you know, uh, like how their birth was served by the secrecy. Yeah, well, their birth was obviously for me served by if I had have known that I was having twins, I would have been up against a lot of the mainstream dogma around giving birth to twins Um, there is a lot of noise about how long they can gestate for, um, how successful their births can be. Um, you know, you're kind of really up against the system. You also can't even get a midwife to have a home birth with twins. Yeah. Um, so I would have ended up free birthing anyway, because I'm, I'm just that way. That's my personality. I'm that way inclined. I like to do things how I like to do them. And I would just do, do whatever I want. Yes. Yes. Um, but I would have been up against a lot more mental activity, whereas, Mm because I wasn't and I was just really tuned into the safety feeling of what I was feeling because I am intuitive enough that if I knew, if I felt like there was something wrong I would 100% go and get it checked out I'm not delusionally yes. you know, sovereign <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely um you know hence why when I was really really sick at the beginning I went to the hospital mm. yeah they couldn't do anything for me but you know, I'm, I'm okay to do that when I know that there is something really wrong. Um, and it, actually when I went to the hospital at the beginning and I, they couldn't do anything for me, I did what I usually do. And I went to your sister and she gave me herbs and it helped mm. so much. <laughs> um, yes. It really took the edge off the level. She's of a nut. She's a qualified nut. She's a qualified nut and she's, she's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, they couldn't help, but um, she ended up just really lessening the intensity of the feelings that I was having. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I can definitely see how it gave me that freedom to move through my pregnancy and my desire to just kind of be in that secretive world on my own. And also um, we were really busy at that time, um, you know, with launching and I was running the business and we were just so much was happening in that world that, yeah, yeah, I just would have been really up against a lot of mental activity that yeah. was not the most prosperous timeline for yeah. me, you know, yeah. it wasn't, wasn't the timeline that I was, you know, putting out there. It's almost like knowing about it would have completely changed how it went. 
I really feel, or I would have at least been a lot more in my logical mind, especially Mm -hmm. when Halo came out breach Mm -hmm. because I was not thinking that there was another one. I wasn't worried about them being breach. I wasn't worried about anything going wrong. So there wasn't a moment in that situation where I was in my logical mind. I was still in that very psychedelic trusted space that throw Mm -hmm. yourself into the abyss and and discover it's a feather bed. I was in that space when he came. So it didn't feel dramatic. It didn't Mm -hmm. feel um, chaotic. Mm -hmm. Like it just felt like, wow. You might've projected a lot of fears. Yeah. And a lot of worries and a Mm -hmm. lot of, oh my God. And, you Mm -hmm. know, cause there really is so much noise about rich babies being, you know, unwell and and there being difficulty. And, you know, the other thing I've been thinking about is um, I'm curious because they say that the birth that we have gives us the the tools we need to parent the babies themselves, yes. like who they are. And yeah. you're so intuitively connected to their spirit and this, even though one of them was hiding, you could, there was, you were picking up a lot of information about them yeah. a, a lot of the time, or you're very attuned to what they were needing or wanting a lot of the time. Yeah. And if you look back over the pregnancy and birth, do you have a sense of kind of what their message is was for you or what you learned in order to parent them or one of the things that Ryan and I talked about just I think yesterday or the day before was there's such a level of gratitude that has come in to both of us mm. that it has allowed us to really let go stuff and to stay really present to let go to to let go go. of the small stuff yeah Yeah. because um there is really nothing more olympic than having two babies at a time and newborns and also having three other kids i really am hardly sleeping to be honest but the level of gratitude that has just been downloaded into our family structure and our own um, personal beings has really allowed us to not get caught up in it and just keep moving and laughing when things go chaotic and feel a little bit, you know, sideways. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just this real attitude, like a proper attitude of gratitude, Mm -hmm. like a really felt sense of, even though this is, pretty wild and there's five (laughs) small kids now under my care (laughs) I am so grateful because I trust that I've been given what I can handle and Mm. I've been given these these you know beautiful babies who you know are so special Mm. like it's so special and the wave that went out after they were born like Mm. it was the biggest light ripple Mm. I upper limited myself with the amount that I could hold, to be honest. Wow. Like the first 48 hours after I like let people know that they had arrived, like there was so much good energy coming at me that it kind of cat like made me catatonic in a way. I was just like, especially after the lot. secrecy, especially yeah, after like, the secrecy. Do you remember um, just on a purely practical, measurable thing? 
do you remember because we look at statistics a lot before when we're during the launch yeah. so you know you could tangibly I remember you know you saying oh you know the views are going down we're not getting as yeah. much traction as we usually do and so it was the opposite the secrecy was just happening on the Instagram as well yeah, and then you real secretive catapulted into this whole other option where suddenly you know there's the spotlight. Yes, so much energy coming out. Yeah, way. yeah. And um, so much goodness. That's what I am so grateful for because, you know, it is triggering for people to listen to a woman talk about her journey in this way. You know, we say that it is unheard of and that people don't do it, but it's actually the birthed since the beginning of time so you know whilst it's like not heard of much it's only like within the last you know 100 years that it's mm. not that heard of mm-hmm. um so yeah like I just was wary that it could be a difficult situation where I get a lot of negative exposure and that's yes. actually why I've chosen not to share birth photos or anything because it's really sacred to me and I find the birth space can be a little bit insidious that like if I post my picture of my sacred moment and out the two twins and I can tell you it's a hilarious photo I look so shocked it's like the <laughs> it's best so funny. you'll have to but- That won't be held sacred and it will be thrown around the internet, um, you know, at a million miles an hour. Used, misused. Yeah. Put it out of context. Yeah. Yes. So I'm just keeping everything, you know, in that really light energy that came in when they, when I shared about it and everyone was so beautiful and so respectful and so happy for us and, Um, yeah we've been so cared for and I had a really amazing postpartum experience for the reality of having twins zero complications nothing like I feel really good I feel really radiant which was an intention that I remember we were doing a lot of breathwork sessions so yeah we use breathwork a lot and um, we really amped it up in the final month of my pregnancy, not because of my pregnancy, but because we were launching. We had a lot of big life stuff that was happening with the business. So we threw ourselves into some extended breathwork practices. Um, we did heaps. We did heaps. Yeah. So. And that was a lot of the intention was yeah, to a feel lot of the satiated was to feel once the babies came, full satiation in the bliss yeah just feeling, feeling absolutely really complete yeah. yeah yeah and, and so that has and... come it's been so nice mm. even though you know I'm doing double of everything which is just I hats off to these people who have twins <laughs> so it sounds like you know the what Halo and Phaedra have brought with them is just an immense amount of gratitude an immense amount of gratitude and you know it's funny because we um seeing back on okay so going back to the very start again so mm-hmm. we were chanting Ardas Bayi for 90 days and yeah. Ardas Bayi can answer unanswered prayers and there's two prayers to this story that I can see were unanswered, but I wasn't consciously calling them in. And one of them, when I had them the next 24 hours, I like I was just having all these downloads, remembering times where I was a little girl and I was the youngest of the family. So I was eight years younger than my next in line brother. Mm. And so I always felt generally kind of 
own because I was just kind of out. You felt like you were on your own. I felt like I was on my own. And I, Mm -hmm. I always wanted a twin. I always had this feeling of, I was meant to be a twin or I wish I was a twin. And then in high school I had twin friends and I, it just, you know, made more that I really wanted to be a twin or have Mm -hmm. twins or, but that was never like a fully, like, I'm going to make myself have twins. That doesn't work like that. It doesn't really work like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it was an unanswered prayer for sure that I realized that was out there that I hadn't, you know, realized. Ever consciously thought about. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, what is the other unanswered prayer? Oh, yeah, the other unanswered prayer is after I had Bloom, she's my third, we saw there was a Chinese man and we were talking about Chinese astrology and he Mm -hmm. listened to all of our astrology, like all of our animals that we are, and he said, you just need a tiger in that family and then you will be extremely prosperous. The whole family will be extremely prosperous. And Ryan and I, so that was like five years ago that that was said. And Ryan and I always kind of joked about it. And it wasn't until after the flood, after I'd already found out that I was um, pregnant, that we remembered it's the year of the tiger. Wow. So that was another unanswered prayer that had come in. Double twins. Doubled. And true prosperity really is being grateful for everything that you have. Absolutely, yeah. Or, you know, really able to feel satiated in the moment, yeah. r- really recognising and feeling yeah. the enoughness that's available to us. Absolutely, yeah. So surprise twins, can't believe Amazing. it. Amazing. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing the story. It's really such a um, gift to be allowed to have a little glimpse into that moment. Um, And I know that so many people listening will have been hanging out for kind of a little bit more of the details of how it happened and, you know, exactly what it was like in that moment. So (laughs) I hope I captured it. It's so hard to explain because it's like, yeah. It's like a full psychedelic experience trying to put it into words. words. Yeah, it's a real gift that you're willing to share the story. (laughs) And what a beautiful way to birth the Resonate um, podcast by The Reconnected. It felt so fitting to share this story as our first episode. Yeah, I'm so grateful and I'm so grateful, everyone, for all the good love and wishes that we've had and also for um, our incredible business has been just so amazing to be able to just be with everyone in our community and also be pregnant, going through labor, postpartum, and still um, showing up for our amazing webinars and just feeling so held by everyone. It's been so incredible. Awesome. So we'll be seeing you in the next episode. Yes. Keep an ear out. This first um, episode of resonate by the reconnected bye for now